Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. A lukewarm person is, as one author explains, someone who has enough religion to get him to church, yet not enough grace to change his life. And that is true. That is true. It's so important because lukewarmness, again, it speaks of indecision. It speaks of being double-minded. It means I'm, I'm thinking, I'd like to be this other thing, but I'm, I'm really this. And I'm caught between two opinions, and I'm just going to kind of straddle the fence. Today on Truth in Christ, Scripture says, You are neither cold nor hot. This picture of lukewarmness would immediately connect with the Christians in Laodicea because the water they drank every day was lukewarm. Jesus said, Just as the water you drink is disgustingly lukewarm, you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. In this spiritual sense, lukewarmness is a picture of indifference and compromise. It tries to play the middle. In trying to be both things, they end up being nothing, except to hear the words, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Where do you stand on this? Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that were in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So it's very clear to me that before you can make a, uh, create something, you have to exist beforehand. So this all makes sense, and doctrinally throughout the Bible, that is obviously what it says. So that's really what this verse means. Notice when Jesus goes on here and speaking to this church, he says, I know your works. And the idea is, I know your toil, I know your labor, I know the things that you do, and the Lord knows what you do, and the, and the things that you have done, the sacrifices that you have made, the, the service that you provide here at the church, and even services that you, service to Him that you do outside of the church, outside of the building, I should say. The Lord knows all these things. And He says to this church, He says, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were hot or cold. See, being cold is someone who is spiritually indifferent. They're kind of uh, uh, apathetic. They, they live in unbelief. They're, they can even be hostile towards the gospel. It could be someone who is unsaved or not born again, as we would say. But being hot is just the opposite, isn't it? Being hot speaks of somebody who is born again, who is literally boiling over with spiritual fervency, that there's someone who loves the Lord, they love the Word of God, they love to talk about the Lord, and they're pursuing the Lord, and they want to get that message out, and that is someone who is hot. And when someone is spiritually cold, 
and knows it, guess what? There is hope. And that's why Jesus said, I wish you were cold or hot. Because if you're cold, he can do something with it, right? If a person is cold and they know they're lost and they don't have any salvation and they haven't given their heart to Christ, you can work with somebody like that. But someone who is straddling the fence, who is neither cold nor hot, but is somewhere in the middle, these are the hardest people to minister to. And perhaps you've been in churches, and even in our church, there's been a handful of people that over time I've been able to talk to, and you never know really where they're at, because they say one thing, but their life and and their their witness is completely different. And you, you just scratch your head, and you're wondering, what is going on here? And so... These are things that we really need to examine. That's why we need to examine our own hearts in this letter. And believe me, folks, this is not an easy letter, but it's something that we have to look at. So Jesus said in verse 16, So then, because of you, because you are lukewarm, and the idea of lukewarm is kliaros, uh, uh, which means a tepid, um, where you fluctuate and you're just kind of all over the place. He says, Because you are that way and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. The King James Version says spew. (laughs) The New King James says vomit. And the idea is just that very thing. is just the Lord. It it is so displeasing to the Lord to have someone who calls him by name, but yet their lives are completely, you know, there's just no evidence of it at all. And, And Jesus said, I will just vomit you out of my mouth. And these are very hard words from the Lord. Very hard words from the Lord. But being lukewarm, it speaks of someone who's half in, they're half out. They got one foot in the world and they got one foot in the kingdom. It's being in the middle of the road, being neutral. And in our Christian walk, there is no room for this kind of thing. I would encourage you to make your your yes, yes, and your no, no. If you are a Christian, then get in the game. And if you are not a Christian, just be honest about it and say, Lord, I, I've been playing a game, but there's no fervency in my heart. I've got no desire for you, Lord. I've got no desire to, work, to read the Word of God, and I certainly don't have any desire to talk to people about you. And if that is the truth, we have to ask the hard question. You know, Lord, am I even one of yours? Am I even one of yours? My heart is just not there, Lord. And the Lord's like, I can deal with that. You know, if you're honest with the Lord, you know, He, he already knows. We don't need to uh, have some kind of pretense and, and, and fake our way into this thing. People do that all the time. There's a lot of actors in churches these days. But God is looking for the real genuine article And there's no reason why we all can't be the genuine article because it's simply a a confession away and a surrender away. And it's that simple. But again, our pride, if we're not careful, it gets in the way. And we're just like, no, I'm going to do my own thing, but I'm still going to have my foot in the church, but I'm going to have my foot in the world. And believe me, the Lord knows that you have need of things. He knows that you need to make money. And He knows you need to provide for your family. None of those things are, are foreign to Him. But you can still be a sold-out you know, believer in Christ and still be working all of these different things because guess what? Now he's got an ambassador at this job. He's got somebody who loves him at this job because guess what? All those people at those different jobs, all those people there are hopeless. Many of them are. They're on their second and third marriage. One guy is drinking himself to death. Another one is smoking pot on the side and he doesn't want his wife to know. And their kids are running amok and everything is a mess and they're all in debt. They're all broke. They're all despondent. They're not talking to each other. They're on their phones all the time whenever they are around each other. And these are the things Jesus says, Let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from 
the evil one. Did you hear that? Make your yes, yes, and your no, no. If you are a Christian, then be a Christian. If you are not, then, then, then ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to, to give you that, that, that new birth. And believe me, if anybody says, Lord, I ask for you to, to, to forgive me of my sins, and Lord, I want to be one of yours. I made that commitment when I was 24 years old, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> it was the greatest moment of my life. The Lord will never turn you away if you approach Him in honesty. But if you're going to play games with Him, then you're like this lukewarm person who's kind of playing games and still trying to work it out in church, and you're, you're doing both of these things. It just doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. A lukewarm person is, as one author explains, someone who has enough religion to get him to church, yet not enough grace to change his life. And that is true. That is true. It's so important because lukewarmness... Again, it speaks of indecision. It speaks of being double-minded. It means I'm, I'm thinking I'd like to be this other thing, but I'm, I'm really this. And I'm caught between two opinions, and I'm just going to kind of straddle the fence. In Psalm 119, verse 113, the psalmist says, and I believe it was David who said this, he says, I hate the double-minded, meaning somebody who is divided in heart or mind. And see, that's what a lukewarm person is. They're double-minded. The Lord's half-brother, James, in his epistle that we have written for us, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable, in all of his ways. A double-minded person is someone who is literally two-spirited. There's two spirits going on, <laughs> and they vacillate on everything. They, they waver like a, like a wave tossed in a sea, and it's no way to live. Do you really want to live between two masters? Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters, for you'll hate the one or you'll love the other, and so to be right in the middle is actually detestable to the Lord. So make your decision today, and that's a hard thing to say, but you know what? I need to hear that, and I know you need to hear that as well. We cannot compartmentalize our life and say, this is my life at, at work, this is my life at church, this is my life when I like to play golf and hang out with my friends. No, as a Christian, you are a Christian across, you're a Christian, period. Across all the spectrums, no matter what you do, you're a Christian. Your life should exemplify the very life of Christ. It doesn't mean you're perfect, okay? It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it does mean that you, you, you're not sinless, but you should sin less as you go on, you know? You, you should be putting away those things, turning from things that you know that aren't right, and you know they're not right, and yet you continue to do them, and the great conundrum is why? Why do I continue if I call myself a Christian? Why am I keep dabbling in things that I shouldn't be dabbling in? Make your calling and election sure and make it today. Don't waste your life. And don't and you know what? When you do make that decision, your life becomes purposeful. It becomes direction. You know, the Lord gives you great direction. But a person who is uh, lukewarm is again like a wave uh tossed out on the sea. And it's just wherever the wind blows is where this person goes, and that's no way to live. We can't compartmentalize our life. And maybe, you know, maybe this is not the way you feel, but there are some who do. You know, some people view their relationship with Jesus Christ and going to church even as non-essential business, but this is more essential than anything in the world. You know, going to the gym, going to work, going to class, 
doesn't affect your eternity, but having a relationship with Christ does affect your eternity and also also your fruitfulness and your enjoyment even in this life. Being a Christian is one of the most joyful things in the world, and yet sometimes we can walk around like sourpusses, like we've been sucking on lemons and our whole face is caving in, and we look down upon people and we think that you know we can walk around with that self-righteous attitude, and that, that happens. You see churches like that. And unfortunately, you see some pastors even propagating that thing. You know, we're the only church that's holy. We're the only right church. Hey, listen, there's only one church, and that's the church of Jesus Christ, regardless of of who you are and what you do. But it's interesting, you know, that um, just to bring some uh, current events into this whole thing, liquor stores, abortion clinics, those things are essential business in our country. Isn't that amazing? Some legislatures, some state legislators, uh, hold that as essential business, but not churches. And I think they really need to reevaluate that position. Uh, they've got it all wrong. The, the whole world is upside down. The whole world is a mess. It's upside down. And I think our president recently, this last Friday, had something to say about that. We just got to find out if he's really got the, um, the authority to do that. Uh, otherwise, we'd be, we might be starting a little sooner. But again, uh, more than just the law, we have to look at what is right for people. And so that's the thing we got to be careful of. we got to let this play out a little bit longer. So hang in there, folks. Hang in there. But church is essential. And your relationship with Christ is even more essential because that is the main thing. You know, it almost seems, it's like a paradox when we looked at the church of Sardis a couple weeks ago. It was called the dead church. And now we're looking at this lukewarm church. You know, it just ought not to be. Something that is lukewarm is neither hot nor cold, and it, it's just unsatisfying. It's unsatisfying. Have you ever had a, a cup of coffee, and you go to someone gives you a cup of coffee, and you grab it by the hand, and you bring it up to your mouth, and right before it hits your mouth, you realize there's something not right. You don't feel the steam coming up on your face. You can feel the warmth in the glass or the lack thereof, and you're like, and then you take a sip, and it confirms that the coffee's been sitting out for a half hour, and it's cold, and there's nothing more detestable than hot coffee. I like coffee, and so I'm always constantly warming up my coffee. I like it hot. I don't like it cold. If I want it cold, then I make it cold on a hot day, but usually I don't do that. I like it hot, and most of you agree with me. Amen? However, when you pull that up to your mouth and you take a sip and it's cold, it's, it's detestable, it's, especially when you're looking forward to it. And so the church can be a lot like that. I'm not saying that this particular fellowship, our fellowship is like that. I think there's remnants of it in our hearts that we have to examine today. And certainly, globally, the church is heading in that direction. We see it, the, the, the visible church, they're, they're going in that direction. They're, they're more interested in money. They're more interested in their building projects. They're more interested in doing things rather than doing what God wants us to do. And that is to worship Him first and foremost and to get to know Him, to have fellowship with Him. That's the greatest thing. And then to fellowship and, and encourage others. That is it. That's the main thing. Everything else falls into place after that. So a church that is cold is one where there's no evangelism, there's no desire to walk in purity, there's no desire to gather to fellowship, no desire to read the Word of God. And so these things are, are critical for us. One of the interesting things about this this city of Laodicea was their water supply. 
they didn't have a adequate water supply. So what they would do is they would have two different aqueducts coming from two different cities. One was from Colosse, who was a, a church that Paul had ministered to and written the letter to, and that was about six or seven miles away. And the other one was Hierapolis, and this area was known for its hot springs. And so there were these underground aqueducts that would bring these water sources into Laodicea. But the problem is, by the time that cold water came from Colosse, and by the time the hot springs from the Hierapolis got to uh, Laodicea, by that time, through traveling underground through these aqueducts, the water was what by the time it got there? The cold water was no longer cold. The hot water was no longer hot. And so it became uh, just a lukewarm thing. And, and Jesus likens the, the physical idea of this whole thing with the church spiritually as well. You know, there are churches today that are lukewarm and, and some churches that are just downright evil. You know, there are churches in the area, in, in this state, that embrace homosexuality. They embrace fornication and they embrace abortion. There are pastors of churches that, have, that are homosexual and are actually married to members of the same sex and they're teaching their congregations and the congregations are okay with it. <laughs> this is insanity. It's sin. It should not be. You know? and, and so these things are horrible and the things that are happening. And, and, and so we see this spirit of Laodicea uh, all over the place and it's really an unfortunate thing. It's unfortunate. You know, we would invite anybody who is um, dealing with any issue, right? I mean, a, a church should be open to anyone who is a homosexual or someone who is involved in fornication, a, 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 two young, a, man and a, a, a young man and a young girl. Even if they're involved in that, they're welcome to come in. But our hope is that they will come and change and not come in and stay the same. If, if, if they're embraced by the church and their activities that they're doing, there's something wrong. We ought to love them, but tell them the truth, right? Because they need to turn from their sin, right? Because the Bible says that it's sin. So we can no longer coddle these things. We have to make a stand. We can love the people, but just like in our own lives, we, we hate our own sin, don't we? Do you hate your own sin? I hate my own sin. I hate that part of me. And, and anytime that I'm, I'm thinking or, or about to do something, you know, it, it's just like, Lord, help, you know, and thank God for his Holy Spirit. But we do love people and the Lord loves people. He doesn't have a problem with somebody who is a homosexual coming into the church as long as that person's coming with a broken heart or at least with a heart that's open to hear the truth, <laughs> you know, and that's the difference. That's the difference. There are some churches that wouldn't allow anybody like that. But guess what? The church is not supposed to be full of saints. Hopefully the church is filled with sinners who need Christ because that is who Jesus died to save, to set free. And I was one of those sinners, and I still am a sinner, but saved by grace, uh, just like you, hopefully. So praise the Lord for that. You know, John Walvoord, who was a, a great uh, Bible teacher, a great biblical theologian, he said there's no... There is no one farther from the truth in Christ than the one who makes an idle profession without real faith. He says, How many church members are far from God, yet by their membership in a professing church have been lulled to sleep into a false security? No one has been harder to reach for Christ than the religionist. Far easier to win the harlots and the publicans than to win the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so that is a really tough word, but it's true. It's hard to reach somebody who thinks that they're okay, that they're in this lukewarm place. 
So why would Jesus vomit this church out? He gives the reason in verse 17. He says, because you say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And he, and he says, and do, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, when he mentions these words like poor and blind and naked, he's speaking spiritually. Certainly, they were very rich physically. Certainly, they, they claim to have their eyes wide open, and so they would claim that they, they can see. But yet, Jesus says they were blind, and they were clothed because this church, this city, was known for its, uh, its clothing and its uh, tapestries and those things and, and black wool, which they uh, integrated in some of their fancy clothing. So they were very much, st- they were into style. And yet Jesus says, for all of that, yet you are naked. Yet you are naked. This church was known for its affluence, its prosperity, for its medicine, its manufacturing, and certainly its banking. It formed a tri-city relationship along with Hierapolis and Colossae. And um, around 60 AD, it said that there was a, a great earthquake in that area, and it just leveled the city of Laodicea. And instead of relying upon the Romans to come and build the city up again, they were so wealthy and they were so proud in their vast resources and their their banking prowess <laughs> that they decided, we don't need any help. We'll do it ourselves. And they did. And they, they built it up themselves. And they were known for their uh, making these glossy black wool that would uh, be woven into their garments that they would sell. And so when the Lord mentions to them that they are naked, this again would be like a slap in the face to them because they had all this stuff going that they thought was really great in the physical. And the Lord's saying, you know what? You, you are rich, but you're poor spiritually. You, you, you don't even know where you're at. You're all over the map. You, you say that you can see, but yet you are blind. And you're so rich in your clothing and all the things that you have, and yet you are naked. There is nothing about you uh, that is worth anything. And that's a very hard thing. And this is the modern church, much of the modern church. Not every member of the church, and certainly not every fellowship, but this thing is this idea that we are rich and in need of nothing is pervasive across our land, across the world for that matter, in the time that we live in. But the answer to the Lord to us would be the same. He says, Do you not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? See, Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He's not partial to anyone or any group. He will tell it like it is. He is truthful, right? We, we established that from the very beginning. He is truthful. He is truthful. Churches today are more concerned about making money and funding their buildings and their programs. They're more concerned about marketing techniques and, 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 and getting demographics for the area to find out how they can support, you know, how they can get more members in their church by maybe having a baseball diamond behind the church and, and doing all these other things. So then the church becomes rather a servant of people rather than a servant of God and giving the people what they really need. They don't need more sports. They don't need more activities. Although those things are good in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with those things. But when that's what's drawing people in and there's no, there's no teaching of the Word, what is the point of even getting together? You might as well go to your public school. Go to Penfield High School. They got all of that stuff. And they've got the highest quality stuff because our taxes are so high. Trust me, in Penfield they are. And many of you from Penfield know what I'm saying. And Fortune 500 ideas from board members slipping into the church, slipping in 
Instead of doing the right thing, they, 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 they get out these things. What can we do to attract people? What, what can we do to, to hold their membership? Maybe what we'll do is we'll, 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 we'll force them to you know, give us their W-2. And we'll find- I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.